The Seven Families campaign is an example of a successful UK collective industry initiative. In the United States of America, LifeHappens.org has taken the concept many steps further to create massive consumer engagement about the need for protection insurance. In this episode, I talk to Johnny Timpson, who works with both Seven Families and LifeHappens.org. Hear Johnny's views on how we can build upon the success of Seven Families to ramp up consumer engagement. Listen to his ideas on how the industry can work with charities who often show they have a better grasp of marketing and social media than many in financial services. That's all right here in episode 62 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. For each episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hello and welcome to the Empath Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and plugging me and my guests into your earphones. I really do appreciate it. So let's get straight into this week's interview with Johnny Timpson. Johnny is Financial Protection Technical and Industry Affairs Manager at Scottish Widows based in Edinburgh. He's a well-known speaker, Protection Review Personality of the Year 2014 and works with Seven Families, the Income Protection Task Force and the Association of British Insurers. Here's that interview right here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. So, Johnny, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Well, Roger, thank you for having me. Not a problem. And this is a bit of an uh, unusual um, situation I find myself in because I do most of my podcasts over Skype. You've been kind enough to invite me into Scottish Widows headquarters in Port Hamilton in Edinburgh. Keeping it local. And having a, a really good, <laughs> big, strong cup of Starbucks coffee as well. Johnny, we've got quite a lot of things to talk about because you really are a man about town in the protection industry. Personality of the Year for the Protection Review. 2014. You're involved in the Seven Families Initiative. You've been involved with an American company called LifeHappens.org. And you've also been very closely involved with quite a lot of regulatory work that uh, perhaps points to the future of where social welfare may go in the UK. So we've got quite a lot of things we want to talk about today. But before we get to that, Johnny, let's hear a little bit about you, where you've come from, how your career has developed, where you're going, and basically, <laughs> Johnny Timpson, what makes you tick? <laughs> I'm probably the only person in the industry that always wanted to work in insurance. Wow. I say that because my dad, he started his career as a, a life inspector in with, with the Prudential. Okay, and this is going and this is going back to the to the the fifties. And I remember as a kid coming again from primary school, going to my dad's office to get a lift home. All the whole fancy in those days wooden paneling, typing pools as was, and all the rest of it. And 
and a life inspector in the Prue in those days was was something. And he subsequently went on actually to he did general insurance ultimately, at international level. He, he went to work for a French state insurer and uh, um, ended up doing uh, you know kind of big GI stuff, okay. oil, oil refineries, tankers, gold mines throughout the Middle East and, and beyond. So. Uh, my parents had a, a kind of uh, a lifestyle that saw them jet from Paris to the Middle East to Hong Kong. And I thought, do you know what? This industry's for me. I've not quite made Paris, the Middle East and Hong Kong. <laughs> I do make Edinburgh, London um, and uh, all stops in between. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Port Hamilton sounds pretty cool. Though. <laughs> I've always thought Port Hamilton sounds pretty cool. So um, you've been very heavily involved in the protection market. Um, and, and obviously you're closely associated with um, Scottish Widows and its, uh, its relaunch within the protection yeah. market. But We've done that before on the podcast, so I thought we wouldn't go there today. But Johnny, give us a little bit of background about some of the things you've been involved in recently. I mentioned Seven Families, and Seven Families, again, has come up quite a few times on the podcast already, and I'm very impressed with the initiative. I think it's really created a buzz within the protection market. I think it's certainly put a spotlight onto income protection, which it was obviously meant to do. But I think there's also probably a few things that we can learn from that initiative and whether there'll be a, a repeat of it or something similar going forward. So maybe give us a bit of background about how you got involved in that. Well, it's a, it's, it's a first in, 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 in the UK. And, uh, and for me, actually, it's a great initiative. And it's, uh, it's one, I think, we, as an industry, we can take a lot of learning from at a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. I guess the thing that's frustrated me, and I, I know you sure, is that I, I've seen you know, office after office load up CI products with additional CI definitions. Yes, and what we've seen really since depolarisation is the is the uh, the volume of protection sales in the UK drop off quite significantly. I, and I, I think the thing that's frustrated me is the, the bit that we are missing in in in, in, uh, in our market right now is consumer effective consumer engagement. Mm-hmm. We lack consumer trust. Now we, you know we have to earn consumer trust. This process takes takes some time. So. Um, you know, I've, for years now, I thought, you know what, we, as an industry, we, we really do need a, a degree of uh, collaboration. We engage in, in raising consumer awareness of the need for financial protection and the benefits that it delivers, the benefits, that are not just the monetary benefit, uh, the support services that, that surround it, and they're, they're increasingly developing. And looking at IP in particular, you know, we, you know let's actually demonstrate what is the actual benefit of rehab, and that, yeah, and how effective are we to get people back into the world of, of work? Uh, how effective are we as an industry in improving the financial resilience of UK consumers? Because if we can demonstrate that we, you know, especially now with this government, if we can demonstrate that we can improve consumer resilience, we can get people back into the world of work. We do deliver significant social benefit to, to UK PLC, then I think that makes for a much more um, effective engagement with government in terms of, well, how can we play a part in the, the re-engineering of, of the uh, the, wealth, the, well, the working age welfare state that uh, is currently underway? And, uh, and how, can we, you know, how can we build, start to, uh, I guess, build consumer trust from where it is now? And uh, equally, um, it also gives a platform to, for effective engagement with some really influential stakeholders. And, and by them, I really mean the health and disability charities, you know, mm-hmm. the Macmillan's, the Great Heart Foundations, at Scope, uh, Disability Rights UK. I think this is an interesting issue that you've just raised in my mind, Johnny, because a lot of the time we do sit here and we do think about we're not engaging with the consumers enough. And you're absolutely right. Most product providers in the UK purely pull the price 
lever, they pull the illness lever, and then they may mess around with the process. And those are okay for retaining your own market share and for engaging with financial advisors, but they don't really help to engage with consumers at all. What I hadn't really considered before is engagement with those sorts of charities and bodies that you've just mentioned. And whilst consumers have a whole host of prejudices and misperceptions about the industry, a lot of which are incredibly well-deserved. Whilst the public have perceptions, I imagine that some of those charities probably have perceptions about the industry as well. Perhaps there might have been a reticence amongst charities to like join forces with the industry to promote protection because perhaps they wouldn't want to have become tainted by those perceptions that that they have of the industry. Would you would you say that's, yeah, that's I, true? I think that's true. And, and and to be honest, you know, I think we have to set people's expectations now. What we are not going to have is we're not we're not going to have a charity you know, endorse something. Of course, but there is common ground. I mean, if you look at uh, you look at Macmillan. Macmillan last year made thirty three thousand emergency grants. Um, they spent over over £10 million doing this. The average grant was about 250 quid. Mm-hmm. I say that because I've done, I've done a lot of work with Macmillan uh, on various projects, equally with uh, what's called the Financial Guidance Team, which is mm-hmm. their, their version of CAB, okay. Citizens Advice Bureau. And, um, and it's kind of quite interesting, you know, can you, hearing about some, some of these, these people that, that are asking for emergency grants, and a lot of them are actually quite well-heeled people. You know, mm-hmm. the, the people who you would expect to be you know, an intermediaries customer, the truth of it is they don't have appropriate financial protection. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, they didn't buy it. Uh, they may well have lots of assets. They just can't realise them and they have an immediate need. You know, mm-hmm. they, they may well have dropped a couple of clothes sizes and, uh, uh, you know, need, need to refresh their wardrobe, mm-hmm. um, things like this. Uh, and, you know, they've exhausted their sick pay at work. You know, they, they have literally no money that they can access quickly. And so they're approaching Macmillan for grants. And a lot of the charities, and Macmillan are not the only charity who make emergency grants, a lot of them do. And up until recently, you know, the, the, the charities have, some of the charities have received funding from, from government. But with, you know, government funding's been cut back for them, government funding's been cut back uh, to local authorities. And of course, local, local authorities used to make a lot for emergency grants too. So there's, there's more call on, on, on the charity sector now, and they in turn are saying, hold on a minute, guys, our prime objective is to employ, you know, well, it's to fund Macmillan nursing posts, fund oncologist posts. Mm-hmm. Ideally, uh, these people that are coming to us for emergency grants, you know, if, if you as an industry were more effective and making sure that these people did have appropriate protection, they were more resilient, so that now that, you know, they've, they've, they've had a health event, they had insurance products or assets that they could realise to tie them over when there's this income gap and this increase in, in, in outlay. Well, you know, that would free us up from having to make grants and we could focus on our core objective. So there's a common ground now, you know, in terms of, well, I guess what the, the, the charities are saying is, uh, you as an industry, those people for whom protection is appropriate, help them mm. and let us focus on the people you know, who fall between the gaps, if you if, if you like. And I imagine that the emergency grants that you're talking about are not vast sums of money. No, they're not. You know, we're not talking about £200,000 worth of some insured here. Yeah. You're probably talking, what, a couple of hundred pounds? A hundred pounds, yeah. Yeah. So, so again, that goes to the fact that a lot of people out there who do need protection perhaps don't need these vast sums that, again, as an industry, we do tend to get yeah. tied up in. Yeah. And it's, it's about thinking about all of your potential customers rather than just 
as in the ones that we traditionally have focused upon as an industry. And has the Seven Families Initiative, do you think, opened doors to these um, these bodies and charities, or is this just part of what you've been doing well, in your job? I think it, I think it's it's maybe too early to tell. I mean, certainly what I've been doing is I've been out talking to all the charities that I've got contact with about Seven Families and what we're trying to achieve mm-hmm. and keeping them in 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 in, in the loop. And uh, and starting to, to to develop the relationship. And in fact, not just to charters. Actually, we're out talking. You know, we've we've been briefing the the, uh, the trade bodies as well. But starting to to, to build you know to build uh, awareness. And uh, and it's been kind of quite interesting the reception that uh, you know that, that our seventh family has just joined the project. And uh, so they'll be uh, getting a benefit now for a year. So this time next year, um, you know, we'll have finish paying benefits to all seven families and at that point we need to think in terms of what's the legacy mm-hmm. of this project um, but let me take you back to the learning from the that we can take from charities roger because if, if i if i take you back uh you know 10 years ago to the kind of uh material that charities were, were producing they were producing lots of scary stats mm-hmm. you know um well, we we actually were using them. You know, every two minutes someone's diagnosed with one cancer. in three in people have got cancer. Uh, absolutely, five hundred thousand people with heart attacks. And, it's kind of, and, and, it, and it was kind of quite interesting to see the shift. You know, uh, um, the charity sector very early on embraced social media, but more than that, they embraced with with social media. The uh, they also saw the value of let's share real life case studies. Mm-hmm. Let's basically share people's stories, journeys, outcomes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I find that very interesting in actual fact because uh, uh, you could argue actually I mean that, that's what Seven Families is all about. We're taking seven real life people and we we you know we're going to spend a year with them and we're going to share you know share their, their experiences. So we, in in many ways that, that that's in many respects that's taking learning from where the charities have been. And I think we as an industry you know we it's time to claim statistics have a place. How do we demonstrate the good as an industry that we deliver to uh, uh, to society? Uh, again, there's learning we can take in the charity sector. So let's let's capture these uh, consumer stories. Let's not talk just in terms of stats. Let's talk about so uh, so how was your claim experience? How, how how quickly was it between being diagnosed, making your claim, getting a getting a monetary benefit, getting a support from say Red Arc, mm-hmm. um, or you know, or getting some rehab intervention? And what did those interventions look like? And, and how did you feel? And how did your family and your and uh, your, your carers feel um, about those interventions and I think those are the stories that we have to tell and it's kind of quite interesting it takes me back now to uh, to lifehappens.org in, in the US. Um, 20 odd years ago, uh, the, the industry in the US woke up to the fact that consumers did not trust them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, neither did the regulators or, or the government for that matter. So they as an industry decided that they needed to collaborate to start to build uh, consumer trust. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was originally set up as the trust task force. Right. Then um, embraced social media and became www.lifehappens.org and I recommend them to anybody. And they've just had a National Life Insurance Day, yeah, they, haven't they? they? they do that. I mean, they, 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 number, they, they run a number of campaigns. I mean, you've got September is National Life Insurance Awareness Month. That includes okay. CI. Uh, November is Long-Term Care okay. Awareness Month. Uh, May is um, what's Disability Insurance, which is, I guess, their version of IP. And, mm-hmm. and what happens in actual fact is that um, all the offices come together, all the best marketing collateral from, from uh, all offices is held centrally. The uh, LifeHappens.org themselves, they, they actually sponsor or they are means of... Um, 
providing grants to uh, to families that come forward mm-hmm. with uh, with their case studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family are then videoed. That case study is out there. It's uh, it's shared, and they tell you know they, they tell their story. This is what happened to us. Um, thankfully, this you know I I did get we did get appropriate advice. We claimed on this product. This is the benefit that we got from it. This is what we've you know this is what has enabled us to do. So you know in the worst of times you know it's you know we've at least we've had a uh, you know we've we've had a, a a better financial outcome than we would have had otherwise. And some of the pain's been mitigated by some of the support that we've had. And they as an industry do that. And uh, as I say, you know the, the, you have these focus months, you have focus weeks, you have focus days, and. Um, it's something we desperately need to do in, in the UK and it's something that Tom Bigry had talked about some time ago. Um, equally, I know that when Richard Verdon was on the ABI Protection Committee, Richard had tried to get this off the ground but just couldn't get any support. I think the problem again is that everybody retreats into their own bunkers, don't they? And yeah. says, oh, we want we will want to defend our little tiny yeah. piece of the cake. And we're ha- quite happy carrying on pulling the same levers as we've always pulled before. But I think what Fe- Seven Families has demonstrated is that there is a possibility of working together. And I don't think we should work together all the time. Oh. And I think we should all have our individual brands and marketing campaigns and social media strategies and whatever it is. But what you've described lifehappens.org are doing in the United States it seems to me to be a, a very exciting potential progression for seven families. I mean, I've been saying that I, I'm almost becoming a stuck record on this and it comes up on the podcast week in, week out. Stories are the way forward in, in terms of marketing. I, I really do believe that. But we don't just need seven stories. Oh, no. We yeah. need 7,000 stories. We need 70,000 yeah. stories. And every advisor and every product provider and, and everybody needs to you know, start producing case studies of their clients and their families and their stories. And eventually, if we start pushing out more and more positive stuff, then eventually we will start to overcome some of those negative impressions that the public have. Because at the moment, they can Google insurance and they'll get pages upon pages of negativity. That's because there isn't that much positive stuff out there. If, If we can do a supercharged seven families along the lines of lifehappens.org or a, or a similar sort of incarnation, then that suggests to me that it could be an exciting way forward. Do you think the industry has an appetite for that, Johnny, now having been involved so far? Um, I'd like to say that we're, that we're starting to build some momentum. We have, we have a lot of work to do. Mm. And, uh, and and whilst we, you know, we've been out talking to, to Tizer and uh, the CII and uh, you know, ILAG and others, uh, and the EBI, and and thank you know the EBI, you know, uh, you know yeah, thank you very much because they're now they're now running with the uh, uh, the seven fa- seven families logo, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we we we, uh, we we basically have to have that debate I think now over the next ne- the next uh, six months. Mm-hmm. What, what would the seven families legacy look like? And uh, but we've got more to do. I mean, you know, Kevin's uh, Kevin Carr is now looking at having our kind of seven families action day. I think we're looking towards around about the twenty ninth of. Uh, October for that, for some sort of thunderclap, if you like, yes. where we just all go out there with a, a protection message, but, you, but um, a message that also speaks to supporting carers as well. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I think the more of this type of activity we do, the better. I think the other thing that struck me about the the LifeHappens.org campaign in the, in the US, but I mean, it, it's mostly a, 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 an inter- a broker market, mm-hmm. so an independent intermediary marketplace. Mm-hmm. Their social media capability is, is further advanced Mm-hmm. Across all product lines, actually, than uh, than ours here yes. in in the UK, um, but it's been great to see Life Happens actually uh, support 
and actually have a strand of the campaign that says, okay, well, you know, if you've not fully developed your your uh, uh, your social media strategy and uh, and campaign, we'll we'll help you do it. We'll help you do it. And you know, looking at the UK, uh, you, know, you know, a lot of a lot of advisors have got flat websites. Yes. Uh, what they haven't got is a social media strategy, hmm. a plan. You know, they, they might have some rudimentary capability. Now, all of that, uh, we, we as an industry, collaboratively, could do something about that. And because uh, we are going to engage consumers, you know, this has to be an effort uh, from all sections of the industry. It needs to be the, the reissuers. It needs to be uh, the providers, and, and uh, it, it needs to be uh, the, the advisory community too. Um, the passion is absolutely rolling out of you, Johnny, here, and, and everything you say resonates with me. And, and I think that what we need to do is to help advisors, and let's face it, providers as well, have a lot of built-in barriers to using all of this digital technology yep. that we have today. Social media, video, audio is the way to tell the stories that you've been describing. Yep. And I think we can learn a lot of lessons from lifehappens.org. And I will be including a link to lifehappens.org in the show notes for this podcast. Now, lifehappens.org in the United States obviously built bridges, yep. which were seriously in need of building with the, the US government. Similarly, within the UK, I think the financial services industry has a pretty ropey relationship yep. with government. What do you think we need to do as an industry to, to engage with this new conservative government now that they've got a, their own mandate and they're obviously going to want to make changes? What do you think is the best way that we could engage with the UK government to get a good outcome, both for the industry and for the consumer? Well, it's interesting. I, mean, I, I think in fairness, actually, to uh, you know, colleagues working in the, the pension and, and uh, retirement sectors, uh, you know, they, they, they have a fantastic engagement with, uh, um, you know, with, with, with government. They've invested heavily in those relationships with, with successive governments over, over the years. From a protection perspective, we're playing catch-up. But I think we, we, you know, what we need to do is take a step back. I think and uh, actually let's build our let's build our our, uh, our business case, build out these claim stats, and bring bring them to life. Some more of your your video case studies. Yeah. Um, but when we do, you know, let's let's kind of uh, you know deep dive on on red arc type interventions. You know, build build the uh, uh, build the story. You know what 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 benefit has been delivered. Uh, how are people actually receiving this? What improvement is it making? Let's look at rehab interventions. Uh, how many are going in? What impact are they, are they having? Um, but I think we then have to benchmark that with you know the, the biggest um, financial protection provider in the UK is a DWP. Mm -hmm. So to some extent, actually, you know, let's having as we build our business case, let's 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 anchor our business case against. What is the experience of, of uh, applying for uh, for ESA mm -hmm. or applying for, uh, depending where you are in the country, disability living allowance or personal independence payment? Let's you know start to try and um, demonstrate that um, the rehab interventions that we are making as an industry uh, do prevent people falling in. Well, they may well be touching. Uh, the welfare state, it certainly areas a benefit, mm -hmm. but it stops them becoming dependent on the welfare state. Yeah, and uh, so I think I think we've got some work to do, mm -hmm. and uh, let's like, you know let's let's uh, I think stop talking about it. The time for uh, um, you know the, the time for thought leadership is uh, is done. Mm -hmm. The time for deep leadership is is here. now. Yeah, and 
With all the experience that you've had recently, working with Stepham families, working with lifehappens.org, talking to government and the ABI, etc., what's the one thing that you would like those people who are listening to the Empath podcast today to take away from your recent experiences? We're, we're halfway through Sim Families, um, and quite clearly, I mean, we, we have reg, regular funders meetings. Um, quite clearly, we we uh, we still got some work to do, and we, we set our stall out to to reach out to consumers. Um, we need to do a lot more to reach out to the intermediary community, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that was always my fear: is that you know we'd stimulate you know, um, some 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 consumer interest. There'd be an article in the, uh, and there had been lots of articles in various uh, consumer press publications uh, and major news titles. You know, the the the, inter- the 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 consumer sees this 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 article, talks to his advisor about it, and his advisor just is is unaware. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we need to do more as an industry to message out to uh, uh, to advisors to say, get on board with certain families. You know, th- you know, d- have a long, hard look at uh, uh, at your customer communication. Uh, you know, your social media strategy. The one thing that you're probably missing actually is, is content. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know what? Seven families, we have loads of content. <laughs> we've got content you can use with consumers. We've got content you can use for your own personal development, the development of your of your, uh, your colleagues. The education of your your professional advisors, um, you know, you know, you could use the content to how, to basically how, hold your own discussion with your own local media. Um, so I think to um, I think the ask I'd make is, you know, please visit www.numero7families.co.uk and uh, see the raft of material that's there and use it. You know, use it, you know, use it day to day. Put the Seven Families logo on your uh, on your site. And uh, you know, if, if you're looking for social media help, then uh, then drop us a line. I'm sure that we have a number of funders uh, supporting this organisation. Uh, you know, we, we should be able to uh, to help you access some uh, some experts to talk to. Johnny, that that's an impassioned plea on behalf of Seven Families to the industry to to continue to build upon the success that the initiative has had already. It's been really fascinating talking to today about quite a lot of different things. I've learned more about seven families and I thought I knew quite a lot about it already the the lifehappens.org in the United States is something that I'm going to go and learn a lot more about and again there's food for thought for all of us about how we can continue to use social media and digital technology to tell our stories before we go Johnny I always like to finish the podcast with a quick fire round of business questions so do you want just fancy staying for a few more moments for that oh yes I'm up for that if there was one thing that you could change about the financial services if somebody gave you a magic one to wave, what would it be? Oh, Roger, I have a list. Have a list. Um, <laughs> it's got to be one. It's got to be one. One. Well, for me, it's please stop talking about the protection gap. Let's start talking about the resilience gap. I mean, I, I, I would just as people at the minute have a have um, a credit score, I'd love them to have a resilience score. Now, this would mean that we'd have to message consistently across the entire industry. But uh, let's demonstrate that you know, you know, you as a family have a resilience score. Here are the things that you could do to improve your resilience score. Now, that could be saving a little bit more. It could be doing an ISA. It could be doing a pension. But you know what? If it's appropriate, it might be doing some uh, some life cover, some life and CI, some some IP, um, and then I think we need to then work with with other areas of the financial services industry to say say, well, look, you know, this person has a has a, a, a resilience score of X. This person has a resilience score of, of Y. You know, if if a, a person's get more resilient, then you know, what is the, what benefit does that? Does that bring to you? You know, does that make them a better lending risk, for example? Um, so I think that would be a would be a good place to be. And equally, it's interesting because you talk to government at the minute. You know, the the, the big 
the big thing everyone's concerned about is, is, is financial resilience. I mean, we've um, we've not had um, a, a base rate increase now since when March two thousand and nine. We've not had a, a, a mortgage rate in, sorry, base rate increase since about October. Uh, 2007. Nearly 2 million people have entered the mortgage marketplace whilst mortgage rates or base rates have been at current levels. So as base rates start to move up, you know, how do we prepare the nation for this? How do we make the nation more resilient? So yeah, I, th I think let's talk resilience, resilience scores and build it out from there. What's the one business model, or it could be a product or a campaign, that's caught your attention in the last year, even if it was from a competitor? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. I, I guess that the, the, the campaign that's recently take that struck my eye was uh, the one from the British Heart Foundation. You know, mm -hmm. and, uh, heart disease is heartless. Have you seen it? This is yes, the young boy, and, that. yeah. And that's a. I was talking to them about that. And that's a great campaign. They'll build it out from here. What they're actually trying to, uh, they're building. They've got a model in Norway. In Norway, uh, uh, kids in like fifth, sixth year at school are taught CPR and advanced um, uh, first aid skills. Mm -hmm. And, and that's saving people's lives. Yeah. And the British Heart Foundation would, would love to get get uh, older school kids, uh, you know, in, engaged with first aid and CPR here too. Uh, you make the kids healthier. Uh, you train the kids, not they train their parents as well. So that that's a really interesting campaign. And it's uh, again, you look at the uh, the social media that deploying uh, around that. Uh, you want a, an example of what a good website looks like and a good social media engagement strategy? British Heart Foundation is a good place to go. Tell us about an app that's made a massive difference to your working life. The one that I use every day is just, it's my app is just my little national real thing to it. Which <laughs> sound, it sounds really basic, but I mean, that's uh, that, 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 that's great for me. That's to find out how late your train's going to be, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. What's the best business book you've ever read? Tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it. Well, it's interesting now. I mean, I, let, let me give you two. Okay. I, I would hold out, you know, if, you know, anybody who's, who's, you know, who's, who's a protection geek, I mean, Go and have a look at uh, the late Dr. Marius Barnard's autobiography. It's called Defining Moments uh, by a guy called uh, Simon Novel. And uh, you know, th Marius's life story is, uh, is, is, is worth study. He changed, you know, he changed my life and, uh, and, and, uh, and I hope he would yours too. And you know, he's, it's, it, that's well worth a read. I guess in terms of business books, um, I did a lot of work with Cranfield in, in an earlier life. And um, the book that, I've, that I keep going back to is, is kind of key customers and how to manage them. And it's all about customer relationships. Management, really, to be honest with you, and, uh, um, and that's by uh, Malcolm McDonald, Beth Rogers, and, and Diane Woodburn, and uh, they've done a lot of training with my colleagues over the years too. Uh, but uh, you know that that's uh, that, that's my bible. Really. Fantastic, Johnny, and I'm sure that after our conversation today, there are people out there going to want to get in touch with you to talk about Seven Families, to talk about LifeHappens.org, or any anything protection I think so what's the best way that people should get in touch with you um, you'll find me on LinkedIn just Johnny Timpson and uh, I guess email me it's uh, Johnny Timpson uh, johnny.timpson at scottishwiddles.co.uk Johnny thanks so much for talking to me this afternoon thanks for inviting me into Port Hamilton it's been an absolute pleasure and let's catch up again in the near future well, I look forward to that listening to the marketing protection and finance podcast do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed if you enjoyed the show please leave a review on itunes simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash itunes and leave a review 
If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.